재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Well, this is a disease that we've discussed on this program as well, but it has certainly gotten worse as far as the spread and the situation. The World Health Organization now warning that this mosquito-borne Zika virus spreading all across the Americas, potentially 4 million people could be infected by the end of the year. The good news is the symptoms generally are mild and cold-like. However, for pregnant women, it is certainly something very worrisome because we've seen the uh, severe birth effects uh, that result from the Zika virus. To find out more about this and the current situation, we're very pleased to have joining us right now the director of the Dengue Vaccine Initiative at the International Vaccine Institute, Dr. Yunin Gyu. Hello? Yes, hello. Dr. Yun, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, first, I suppose the question with the Zika virus, uh, why is it spreading so quickly? Well, you know, there's uh, uh, quite a few factors. Uh, there's some global trends that are really promoting the spread of not just Zika, but uh, other uh, viruses that are transmitted by mosquitoes, such as uh, dengue and chikungunya. Uh, so uh, those global trends are uh, the fact that the world is a lot more interconnected than it was uh, you know, years ago. It's uh, so easy to travel from one place to another. So uh, in in the past, when there was uh, an outbreak or a disease in one area, it usually stayed in that area. But right now, uh, with the interconnectedness of, uh, of the world, things travel, uh, including diseases, uh, much more quickly. And then the other aspect is uh, that uh, the world population has been really uh, increasing quite dramatically. Mm. And it's not just that it's been increasing, but it's been increasing uh, proportionally more in urban centers, which uh, tends to promote uh, the rapid uh, growth of these kinds of, uh, um, in particular, these kinds of uh, mosquito-borne illnesses. Uh, so there's some, again, some general global trends that are supporting it, and not just for Zika, but Normally when we think of these uh, mosquito-borne viruses, uh, as uh, you pointed out, a lot of people uh, think of the dengue virus, some people think of malaria, and there have been massive efforts to try and and contain those diseases. Uh, With the Zika virus as well, I imagine a a lot of the researchers are seeing some of the similar patterns that erupt as far as the spread goes. Generally, How do you, how, how do experts like yourself handle this situation? It, it, is it simply a matter of just killing all the mosquitoes? That sounds a bit too simplistic, right? Well, I think what it'll, what it'll take is really a combined approach. We talk about an integrated approach to uh, trying to control uh, these kinds of uh, uh, infectious diseases. Uh, we have, for many years, tried to suppress uh, the mosquito vector. And again, it's not in the context of Zika that we had done that in the past, but it's in the context of uh, mainly dengue. And uh, there's been a spotty uh, result uh, in terms of actually su- suppressing or being able to suppress dengue in places where we've uh, aggressively tried to c- control the mosquitoes. The fact is, is that it's very difficult to suppress it sufficiently to have long-term control of uh, disease transmission. And we've learned this from from dengue. Uh, it's not that it is not useful as part of a uh, sort of a, uh, an integrated effort. It's just that by itself, it's quite difficult. The, I suppose, scary aspect of the Zika virus is if you are, I suppose, an average healthy 
young male, you may suffer some symptoms, some cold-like symptoms, but with the, uh, the birth defects that have been documented uh, mainly in Brazil, uh, this uh, birth defect called microcephaly, can you explain what that exactly is and how it's linked to this virus? Well, so microcephaly, just in general terms, is uh, a small uh, size of the head compared to what normally should be expected uh, for somebody of that uh, age and sex. But uh, a lot of times uh, what goes along with that is uh, varying degrees of development issues. Uh, and so, uh, you know, there, again, there's a wide range of uh, microcephaly. Uh, in terms of the severities, but also there are various things that potentially can cause that. Um, some of it is, uh, you know, uh, genetic, but uh, when we're talking about infectious diseases, uh, certainly uh, there's a concern that uh, externally a Zika infection uh, during pregnancy may lead to a development issue uh, within the fetus during pregnancy and uh, potentially lead to microcephaly. Now, I should say that there hasn't been a definite scientific link between Zika infection and microcephaly, uh, but uh, the concern is that in areas where there, uh, I should say in some areas where there has been quite a lot of Zika circulation and transmission, that the number of uh, cases of microcephaly that have been reported to public health officials have greatly exceeded what would normally be expected. So in Brazil, in the provinces uh, that have had this issue, uh, it's been about 20 times uh, more uh, number of cases of microcephaly than they would have been that they would have expected to see. Um, now, so far, it's been mostly Brazil that has reported mm -hmm. uh, this situation, but. Uh, uh, actually, retrospectively, uh, there was noted to be perhaps uh, a more than expected, expected number of cases of uh, fetal uh, and infant uh, uh, issues uh, during the Zika outbreak in French Polynesia, uh, which was uh, uh, back in 2013 and 14. Mm. So, um, again, the, the associations, uh, perhaps coincidence, but it, it is really quite alarming uh, because uh, of the uh, much higher number right. than expected of cases. Everyone always wants to talk about when a vaccine uh, might come out. As far as Zika is concerned, we understand that it could take about a decade. How far along are we in terms of uh, vaccine research? Well, so the... So keep in mind that uh, Zika, again, until very, very recently, was not a high priority in terms of uh, vaccine development uh, in particular or in general as a public health issue. Uh, so all the efforts uh, at uh, developing a vaccine for Zika is very new. Uh, one advantage that uh, the vaccine developers do have is that uh, many developers have already been working on a dengue vaccine. So since dengue vaccine and Zika, uh, well, I should say dengue virus and Zika virus are very similar uh, and, uh, you know, are related and from the same group of viruses, that some of the same platforms and techniques that uh, are applied to dengue vaccine and some of the lessons learned from developing dengue vaccine can be applied to uh, Zika vaccine. So, again, that's one positive in terms of the speed which with, with which uh, Zika vaccine development may occur.
We here in Korea are very far removed from this, but as we know from the lessons uh, with the MERS outbreak, you never can be too careful. Uh, what is the risk to Korea, and what do Koreans have to worry about? Well, for right now, I think the greatest risk, of course, is Koreans that plan to travel to areas that uh, have the Zika virus uh, circulating. Um, of course, right now, the big concern is in uh, South America and the Caribbean and Central America because uh, there's documented many, many cases that have occurred in those areas. Uh, what, one thing that we don't know is the degree of circulation that is occurring in other areas, such as uh, Southeast Asia. And so um, uh, there may be uh, some degree of uh, risk also when traveling to countries that are closer to Korea within the Asian uh, continent. All right. Well, uh, certainly a situation that everyone needs to uh, keep their eye on. We appreciate uh, your time, Dr. Yoon, and your expertise. Uh, as always, uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was Dr. Yoon Gyu from the International Vaccine Institute. We've got Soul City News up next.